episode 51 here on the Heart and Hustle podcast. That's right. We have passed the half century mark here on the Heart and Hustle podcast. Nick Grunowitz here. Scott Inez is with me. If you're listening for the first time, you can catch us weekdays on ESPN 580 Orlando, 4 o'clock to 8 o'clock, talking magic basketball, NFL, all that stuff. You can follow Scotty and Inez says and me at ESPN 580. Nick, uh, we got a lot to get into. It's been about a week since the last time we talked to you or so uh, with the events of the week, with the passing of Kobe Bryant, with the Orlando Magic, their losing streak hitting four. Uh, the NBA trade deadline, as we're recording this, is six days from now. So a ton for us to get into. Uh, where do you want to start here, buddy? Because wow. it's been it's been a tumultuous week both in Magic Basketball and, and in the NBA community. Yeah, it's been a very difficult week. Let's start with Kobe Bryant. Obviously, Kobe, his, his daughter Gianna, the seven others. And again, I hate saying the seven others, but we in the media say it because there's not a whole lot of time. But those seven others perishing in that helicopter crash uh, on Sunday there in Calabasas, California. Um, it's just it's. There's no positive way you can look at that story. Mm. I mean, everywhere you look is tragedy. Everywhere you look. And um, you have to feel for Vanessa, Kobe's uh, wife. You have to feel for those three kids. Um, You feel for the entire NBA community. And look, I mean, we've been in a mind fog all week long. I think the NBA has been in a fog all week long as well, we've seen players like the Orlando Magic's Terrence Ross changing their numbers. In, in T. Ross's case, from what, 8 back to 31. Mm-hmm. Uh, Spencer Didwitty doing the same thing in Brooklyn. We're seeing players all over the league do this. We're seeing now um, the NBA announcing that there will be new all-star uniforms honoring all nine of those people on board the helicopter, which I think was a very classy thing because it, it, it's not just about Kobe, like we said, and and I'm glad the league realized that's not just about Kobe. It's about Gigi and about it's about those seven others who were on board. So just a horrendous week um, in terms of being an NBA fan. Yeah, uh, a horrendous week uh, for for you and I. I mean, we look, we're Jordan guys, okay. Okay, in terms of okay, who's the best? We, our immediate knee jerk reaction is Michael Jordan. This guy is as close to Jordan as as, as you're going to get. And it's it's just a, a sad time for everybody involved. Yeah, I, I'm. I'll, I'll pick up where you kind of left off there, and 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 yeah, as a as a Jordan fan, I grew up on the north side of Chicago. Um, in the '90s, Jordan was was my guy. So mm. I always had a very complicated uh, relationship with Kobe Bryant because watching through watching him I did not know him personally but through watching him because he was always presented to me as this is the guy that's going to replace. Your MJ. But yeah. what I didn't realize was that Kobe Bryant really was the Michael Jordan of this generation. Absolutely. You see guys changing their number, guys paying tribute. The Lakers couldn't play basketball. Mm-hmm. What was that on Tuesday? Yeah, Tuesday. they couldn't play basketball yeah. on Tuesday because uh, it was too soon. And that entire organization, uh, it was too soon. I think they made the right decision with that. Mm-hmm. Heck, uh, the Lakers didn't put out a press release until Wednesday, Thursday. Yeah. Genie well, Bus. Genie Bus Thursday. Thursday, yeah. yeah, didn't put anything out. Yeah. Rob Polinka, who was Kobe's agent, who is now the president of basketball operations there, it was Thursday. This wasn't just losing a former player for the L.A. Lakers. This guy was an icon for basketball. He is one of the few athletes that transcended his own franchise. And mm. the Lakers have had quite a few of them because of their star power there in L.A. Yeah. But, you know, Kobe Bryant was much more 
Kobe Bryant than he was Lakers star Kobe Bryant. And we, we've seen that through all the tributes across the it, world. It's amazing. Um, I, I, I kind of knew how popular he was, but until this past week, especially popular, like you say, with the millennials, mm-hmm. with the Gen Zers, they look upon Kobe Bryant as their Michael Jordan. And the stories have come out now recently about Kobe and what he's been doing uh, in his retirement, not only with his his work with the spoke uh, the, the written word, but also, um, I like. I like this Kobe Bryant, like the Kobe Bryant that we saw for 20 years with the L.A. Lakers, the person. I mean, look, I mean, he he could be very standoffish, um, certainly with his teammates, didn't really pal around with many guys in the league. And yet that's not the Kobe that we heard about post-retirement, because the Kobe that we heard about post-retirement was a guy who mentored a lot of guys out there, including Markel Fultz and Aaron Gordon for the Orlando Magic. So the Kobe that I've read about over the last four or five days post-retirement is a Kobe Bryant that I really, really like. He he started going to church. He developed a, a, a deep faith in his Catholic faith. And he went to church on the morning of, of the disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just usually you can find some sort of silver lining somewhere. Nick, there is none. No, there, there's there's no positive. No. There's no silver lining to take out of this. With just the two young girls that shame. were on yes. board, an yes. entire family wiped out. Um, yeah, the the it's loss horrible. of Kobe, the fact that it looks like the helicopter may not have had some sort of safety equipment that any and 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 I do I I don't know what's going to happen here as we get more information. I just feel like we're headed towards villainizing this this helicopter pilot. I hope not. Uh, which I hope which not. I yeah, hope it's it's going to be tough, but. Uh, let's let's get to the magic. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's let's try to shake some of that off because it has been a tumultuous week. Mm-hmm. But at least wanted to touch on it, of course, because uh, as we're taping this, the Lakers will play their first game tonight mm-hmm. uh, since the the tragic death of Kobe and Gigi. And we found out as well that the NBA All Star Game has changed its rules to honor Kobe Bryant. That's great. And even in the in the All Star Game, one mm-hmm. team will wear two, and another team will wear twenty four. Gianna wore the number two. two. Kobe, yeah. of course, the number twenty four. So great tributes, yeah, great, great things to memorialize Kobe Bryant uh, and and his uh, and his late daughter. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's get to the Magic. They've lost four straight games. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recently, a drubbing at the hands of the Miami Heat, where uh, Bam Adebayo looked like um, Paul Malone. Yeah, he did. The mailman. He did. This Magic team, I tweeted it during the game, not to the dislike of many Magic fans. This Magic team was gassed. Yeah. Absolutely gassed. 18 games in 31 days. And you see it now. The The injuries are taking their toll when you're missing three of your top seven, eight players, uh, two rotation players, one of your, your your best defensive player. This team is is at a crossroad. It feels like we've had plenty of crossroads in this season, yeah. but it feels right here. This is rock bottom to the year right now. Yeah, the crossroads came last year when they were, what, 11 games under the 500 mark, and now they're six games under the six, 500 mark. 21 and 27. At the end of January once again. Now, this wasn't the typical January swoon that we usually see from this Orlando Magic team. Had their second best January since, uh, or their best January since 2012, I want to say, yeah, 2011. Scott Skiles, I believe. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. No, it, no, no, they had a great was, December, and right. then they fell apart in January. That's right. But regardless, I agree with you, and it's not an excuse. It's just fact. You watch this basketball team, and it's a team that typically plays with effort and energy. There is none. They're, they're, especially over the last couple of games, but they've lost four straight going into that heat game on Saturday night at Amway Center. I do believe they're dog-tired. Like you said, 18 games in the past 31 days included in the 
uh, that scenario is not one but two Western road trips, including the six-gamer that ended last week. You go three and three on the trip. That's the good part. The bad part is there is always a residual effect after a Western road trip, especially a trip like that. And I think we saw that during that four-game losing streak. Yeah, I caught up with this team, and, and I've had a lot of Magic fans either tweet me at ESPN 580 or, or DM me kind of with, with the whole Steve Clifford outdated dinosaur head no, coach thing. Look, he's get starting Kem Birch at power forward. Get off Who, where, where do you, uh, the, the arguments in the starting lineup here, like, honestly, get a life. Like, yeah. I get a life. When you're, when you're trying to rework the starting lineup, all right, you want to play Wes Wando at the three, that's great. Then that hurts your offense. Yeah. You want to play, you know, and, and defensively, uh, Kem Birch is a little bit of a better defender in the post than Wesawandu is on the outside, and I love Wesawandu. But um, there are a few options here for Steve Clifford when it comes to a starting lineup. And when you're missing Jonathan Isaac and you're missing DJ Augustine and Al Farouk Aminu, yeah. it just eventually it takes its toll. And that's it, yeah. what we've seen here. Now, I think that you, when you look at the the old schedule here and you look at the ups and downs, um, you would have liked to have had that Suns game that you blew. Mm-hmm. At this point, you would have liked to have had that Warriors game that you were up 13 nothing to start the game. That's why you have to close games out like that and, and finish them. Yeah. But we looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, and you saw a six-game road trip. And you come back, you get Thunder, Celtics, Clippers, Heat. Yeah. You were hoping to go 2-2, two and two, and instead mm-hmm. you're going 4. And it's yeah. just this team is gassed. They're not shooting the ball well. Yeah. They're not, you know, they they... They lost. They were in the Thunder game, one twenty to one fourteen. But they have lost the rope on defense mm-hmm. the last three games. You give up one hundred and nine to the Celtics, one hundred and twelve to the Clippers, one hundred and thirteen to the Heat. And if the Magic are doing that, they're not going to win games no. because they're just not good enough offensively not as good it stands. You're, you're exactly right. You don't have the weapons offensively to compete with that. So you're right. I I think where you see slippage, especially this time of year with with the Orlando Magic and with every other NBA team, where you see that slippage is on the defensive end here in the dog days of the season. Now, luckily, the Magic get a a little four-game respite, a very rare four-game respite in the middle of the season here. This is very, very unusual. So, in effect, the Orlando Magic are going to get two All-Star breaks coming up here. Yeah, You're, You're in the midst of one, and you get the other... Uh, come mid-February. So that's a very good thing. Bottom line is this team needs to get rested. They need to get healthy. Hopefully we're going to see DJ Augustine here in a couple of weeks. I don't know how long it's going to be for Jonathan Isaac and Alpha Rucamino is is He's likely done. gone for the season. He's so, done. Now, we did get news today that the Magic did not get a disabled player exception for Jonathan Isaac. Okay. So they're, they're not getting anything out of that. Um and I do think part of that, I need to read more about some of these things. Like, I'm mm-hmm. not a big, G, I'm not a GM guy. I don't look at all the little things. You know, if you're looking for someone to do that, Eric Pincus is good with that stuff. Uh, Keith Smith is really good with that stuff. I just, Bobby Marks, they, mm-hmm. they understand all that. I I don't, but I do wonder whether or not that was denied because Isaac could return this year. I, we'll I think have probably, to see. yeah. I, I would think that's probably the case. So, now you're looking at a team that's six games under the 500 mark, and in effect, you start the second half of your season against the Heat on Saturday, and we all know what's looming here as of our taping in just six days, and that is the NBA trade deadline. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Will the Orlando Magic pull off any sort of deal come the trade deadline next Thursday? Um, there's a lot of talk about Evan Fournier, who will likely opt out of his contract and become an unrestricted free agent at season's end. So you're kind of in the same spot 
if you're the Orlando Magic, as you were last year with Nikola Vucevic and Terrence mm-hmm. Ross, two guys you gave a combined $150 million to, and the three options for Evan Fournier are trade him before the deadline, okay, and get something for him before the deadline. Uh, you keep you keep him the rest of the year and lose him for nothing coming back in free agency. And, and Evan likely likely is going to become an unrestricted free agent. No, he's because going this to is, opt out. This is a, a very lean free agent year, and he's having a career year for the Orlando Magic. So, A, uh, is you uh, trade him before the deadline, B, you let him go for nothing at the end of the season, or C, you sign him to a mega deal after the season ends. So what do you do? And we were talking about this earlier this week on ESPN 580, Nick. I got to tell you, and I and I know I'm paid for my uh, – my opinions. Okay. I, I, I need you some help d- with this You let one. me down in this segment a little bit because I was like, okay, where's he going to go Where's he going to go? Like, dude, I, after thinking about it for the last 24 to 48 hours, I still don't know what the heck I'm going to do. Now, I'm going to answer the phone and I'm going to make some phone calls about Evan Fournier because I have to do my due diligence prior to the trade deadline. Mm-hmm. You have to do that. Well, first of all, before, before you go any further, Evan Fournier is opting out. He's 100% opting out. You gave his numbers already. Here are the shooting guards in the free agent market. Mm-hmm. And we did this on ESPN 580 earlier this week, which is why you should listen every day, 4 to 6. Um, Bogdan Bogdanovich, mm. DeMar DeRozan, yeah. Joe Harris, yeah. Tim Hardaway Jr., Dylan Brooks. I'm at Dylan Brooks, and mm. that's in the top five here, okay? Yeah. I'm not including Evan Fournier, who's already, you know, we're, we're assuming that. Malik Beasley, Jordan Clarkson, Bryn Forbes, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Alec Burks. I mean, Austin Rivers, Kent Bazemore. I mean, I can keep going here. Yeah, Kyle you, Corver. you don't need to. No, Evan Fournier is a top two to three guy on this list. Yep, you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, and, and look, considering that the, the salary cap that we were talking about yesterday on ESPN 580, the NBA salary cap didn't go down that much, quite frankly. We were expecting a precipitous drop. Because of the whole China deal, and it's only going down like what one million dollars or yeah. something from 116 to 115, and in, in that area there. So, so there are teams who are going to have some money to spend. So, I would agree with you that Evan Fournier 100 percent is going to become a free agent. But you look at Fournier, and look, we 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 take a lot of phone calls and answer a lot of social media. There, there's a lot of complaining about Evan Fournier out there, not only this year, but over the last. A number of years. Is Evan Fournier a superstar? No, he is not. Is he a really good player on both ends of the court? I think he is. I think he is. I have no idea what the right answer is here. Um, But A, I take phone calls and I make phone calls here in the next six days, seeing what's out there, seeing what I can do. Because if I am convinced that Evan Fournier is going to become an unrestricted free agent, do I really, for the second straight year, do I want to pay a boatload of money to a good but not great basketball player? You did that last summer with Nikola Vucevic and Terrence Ross. So if you're Jeff Weltman, do you want to commit even more resources to a guy who, again, good player, but the bottom line is you're six games under the 500 mark right now. For a reason, yes, injuries have a lot to do with that. No question about that. Schedule has a lot to do with it, and the schedule lightens up from here on out. I get all that, mm-hmm. but are you willing to commit a hundred plus mil, whatever it is, a hundred plus million dollars to another good but not great basketball player? What if you did Evan Fournier, DJ Augustine, and Mo Bamba for Gordon Hayward? Mm. 
Um, I would definitely think about that. Uh, would Sorry, I? Sorry, while you were what, doing all of that, I just opened up the trade machine because I'm trading Evan Fournier. I'm trading him. If if you if, if there way, is like, a deal out there, you have to look at it. There's no question. Do I have to give up Bamba in that deal? You got to make the numbers work. Got to make here. the numbers I'm, work. Like I listen. Like I've got another four years after this of Nick Vucevic. Like I'm kind of I'm out on the Mo I, Bamba experiment now. If you want, I can replace Mo Bamba and mm-hmm. DJ Augustine with Evan Fournier. I know we don't have time for this, but I don't care. <laughs> Evan Fournier. I mean, like you want to do like. You want something around Evan, you want something around Aaron Gordon. Well, and here's another thing, too. It's like, okay, Evan Fournier is set to become a free agent. Okay, uh, I like Evan Fournier. I'd like to see him back. I'd like to work out some sort of negotiate some sort of deal. However, can't pay everybody. And therefore, who else are you going to look at if if you you are likely to get Evan back next year? And that's Aaron Gordon. Aaron Gordon, DJ Augustine for Gordon Hayward. Does wow. Boston do that? Here's the thing. Boston needs a big. That's why I had Bomba right. in there. Boston right. needs a big. Right. I, dude, you know okay. I'm not a trade machine guy. I, I just, I, look, I, would I like to have Aaron, uh, uh, Gordon Twitter, Hayward on, can, on, this, on this team? Yeah, I would. You can tweet me, Magic Twitter, <laughs> at ESPN589. Well, you tell me. Would you do that? Uh, I would do the Evan Fournier one absolutely for sure. Um, do I think Boston does that? Probably not. I mean, it depends on how much they love Mo Bamba. By the way, Mo Bamba, Taco Fall, good friends. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's nice, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they can play for the main Red Claws together. Mm. Uh, but I, I I, think they would do the Aaron Gordon one. I think a lot of teams, you know, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer did a thing today about how Aaron Gordon just needs a fresh start on a new team. Um, how many fresh starts are we going to give Aaron Gordon? Well, I mean, like the thing. Every, like, I don't understand so the outside, fresh start on a new team. The outside like, narrative on Aaron Gordon has always been, well, he's playing the wrong position. They're forcing him to play the oh, three when Lord. he should be a four. Um, I, I just, does I anybody know what Aaron Gordon is? He I mean, doesn't, here's he thing, doesn't like, even know who he is, but That's he doesn't shoot well enough either way. No. Like he's shooting 29% from three. <laughs> so it, it doesn't matter. Fine. You want him to play the four. He's not a stretch four. Then. No, he's not able to shoot the ball well enough. And by the way, congratulations so to, I to Aaron to Gordon. That. Dunk he, contest. He is, uh, he is unofficially, he has not admitted it just yet, but he is unofficially in the NBA slam dunk contest along with. Uh, Zach Levine, unofficially. Dwight Howard is official, and Derek Jones Jr. is official as well. So congratulations to Aaron Gordon on a job well done in getting into the dunk contest. Last time he was in it, uh, there were a lot of oohs and ahs in the dunk contest, but he lost uh, to Zach Levine. A lot of people say he should have finished first in 2016. Quick, quick thing on Gordon Hayward here. Uh, He actually has a player option just like Evan Fournier for next year, so I would not do that deal if I was Orlando. I missed that small thing. Sorry about that. Uh, Look, I should edit edit all of that out. just, Just go ahead and leave it in the lap of Jeff Welton because that's why this man is paid seven figures. Yeah. Okay. Um, but here's another guy. If you're not going to train Evan Fournier by the trade deadline, Aaron Gordon definitely has some value out there. He's got the athleticism. You know that. Uh, to his credit, he is, is a very, very good defensive player. But we were talking about this on ESPN 580 earlier this week. And that, yeah, we're I think we're both happy that Aaron made the dunk contest, but there's kind of a mixed emotion there. It's like, okay, great, wonderful. He's going to he's gonna get to uh, to increase his brand there in Chicago at All-Star Weekend, and yet you kind of wish that, that 
that he had more playoff appearances and his shooting percentages were better this year. And he had more wins under his belt in the nearly six years here in Orlando. But the truth of the matter is he's regressed this year, Nick. And I know we like, we we, look, I I don't want to make this a a bang on Aaron Gordon half hour on the the, the heart. It's just the future. The futures of the franchise are tied to the development of Markel Fultz, Jonathan Isaac Aaron Gordon and Mo Bamba, yeah. those four guys. Like we talked about the victorious B.I.G. leading into last season. Yeah. And we have not seen development out of the B or the G, only the yeah. I there, only Jonathan Isaac. Aaron Gordon had a nice season last year where we thought he was going to take a next step. And I've been, I mean, if you want to talk about taking a next step, I mean, we doing baby steps here with Aaron Gordon the last two seasons prior to this year. And this year, it has just not, it hasn't those, happened. Those steps have been backwards this year. Yes, he has. Uh, yes, he, he has to shoot fallen. 28% from three right now. He's averaging 13 points per game. He's shooting like 41, 42% from the field. Not good. Not no. good. Now, now to his credit, the defense has been there, okay? Uh, and there will be times you watch Aaron Gordon like we saw on that Western road trip out there in California. For some reason, he plays really well in his home state of California, but he, he looks like a world beater. I mean, like even from the free throw line, like you want to talk about him playing the wrong position. Okay, mm-hmm. I get that. Playing the wrong position. He's out of sync, the whole thing. Uh, he's a 70% free throw shooter. He's at 66% right yeah, now. Yeah. Um, He is a 44% field goal uh, shooter. 41% this year. He is... The only he is beneath basically every average other than rebounds, assists. He's only a half a point of, above his when, his when career in that his number. Averages should be going the other way. And when you take previous, a look at, yeah. at the injuries that this team has suffered this year, and with Aaron, you know, more of a chance with the ball in his hands. So mm-hmm. I, I think w- when we're approaching the trade deadline, I think you're right. I think you have to wonder if Aaron Gordon is going to be here in Orlando a week from today. Um, I think he'll be here a week from today. It's will do. he be here at the start of next season? Okay, okay, uh, we'll see. But look, I, this this is this is up to Jeff Weltman now. This is these are not easy decisions here. Okay, especially considering you paid uh, Nikola Vucevic a hundred million dollars last year. You paid the Human Torch, Terrence Ross. $50 million. Do you want to give out another contract like that to a in team the offseason that's, that's to a middling, a seed. A middling a team? Seed. Right. Yeah. And, and we talked with Stan Van Gundy on ESPN 580 earlier this week, and, and he was in that same position in Detroit. Yeah. And that's why he went out and went out and got a Blake Griffin, a star-like player, to try to, you know, you, you have to, when you're a middling team like that, you have to do things like, like the Markel Fultz deal. Perfect deal. And to me, I think Jeff Weltman should get a lifetime guaranteed contract with the Orlando Magic after that deal. But it's deals like that that you have to pull off in order to get from middling team mm-hmm. to that top four in the conference. Yeah. No, yeah, I, I I agree. This this organization right now looks like it is kind of stuck in that tread of, of mediocrity where, you know, we're well, going to be— look, I, I will say this. It's better than being the uh, the, the other way. So right? that's, because... And that's where I argue with fans, where it's like, all right, well, do you want to play in games that matter? Do you want to, you know, I'd do, do you want to be— I'd right. much prefer this. And and fans say, well, no, like, I want to tank. I want to no. get a, I want to get no, a world— No goal. more. No more. We tried that, Nick. We tried—it well, it, it didn't work, and it was miserable. It was absolutely 
miserable. At least this way, you you have some kind of hope. Am I saying that this team has a chance to win the NBA championship this year? No, absolutely not. But I want to have some fun late in the season. I want to have some fun in the playoffs. Enough of what we went through under Rob Hennigan. I've had enough of that nonsense. By the way, one final thing. Uh, what came out on Thursday night, uh, Dematis Sabonis made yeah, the All-Star that's, team. That's more salt in the wound. Yeah. Go ahead. Just Are you going to send Rob Hennigan the thank you card or am I? <laughs> I? I will stand by the Victor Oladipo never becomes who he is now here in Orlando. He needed to go play a year with. Uh, Russell Westbrook, right, um, right. and 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 that that hurts, I think, from a Magic fan standpoint. Watching those guys have success, uh, I didn't think Sabonis was going to be this good either. Yeah, yeah. like but, I didn't but, think he did. Yeah, of course, Victor Oladipo uh, was just inserted into the lineup once again in Indiana. Yeah, just got back the leg injury. Game time last year. three. How about that? So, but but now you're talking about the other, like the throw in, right? The other dude, Demonis Sabonis, for the Orlando Magic, making the All Star team. As well, it hurts. Small man. context for Oklahoma City. They gave up on both those guys, too. That's true. Don't forget, That's they went true. to OKC. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't know what they had. Right. Uh, the Pacers seemed to have an idea, though. They had to get rid of Paul George. Though all of this semantics, it still hurts for the Orlando Magic. That's going to do it for us here. Uh, he is Scott Inez. I am Nick Grunowitz. Nicky Football, you can hear us on ESPN 580 Orlando, 4 to 8 weekdays ESPN 580 AM FM 96.5 HD2 trade deadline week next week we're going to try to bang out a pod Monday or Tuesday next week before Scott heads to Fort Lauderdale but until then go magic Orlando.